Hey, this is Derek Wooten. I'm lead pastor of AP Church here in Cincinnati, Ohio, where our desire is to make disciples and make a difference. Thank you so much for joining us through our podcast. We pray this message speaks life and encouragement into you and what God is doing in your life. Hope you enjoy it. This morning, church, we're beginning part one of our series, Into the World. Look to your neighbor and say, go. Go. Go into the world. And we've really looked at, uh, the, at the base text we're about to start this morning uh, in previous weeks. But we're going to go there today here in a second again uh, and really just embrace the prophetic and purposeful prayer that Jesus prayed over each of us in John 17. But, but I really want us to make sure we understand, church, the, the magnitude of what God is, uh, what, I believe what God is going to do in each of our lives through this series. Because, listen, this series is bringing revelation, but can I tell you, it's also helping us lay a foundation for more teaching and equipping for leadership development in 2021 because here's the thing I want us to understand. God has given, but God is currently, he is giving all of us fresh desires, fresh dreams, destinies to fulfill and carry out for the kingdom of God in the earth. If you believe that, somebody say amen. God is speaking to his people in new and fresh ways. How many of you guys know that, that there are times that God will pour new wine in the earth for his people? He will pour new wine in the earth. Well, guess what? If you want new wine, you got to be a new wine skin. Oh, Lord, I'm going to stand up. <laughs> Hang on. You know why you got to be a new wine skin? Because if you're an old wine skin, you cannot handle what God wants to do. Because physically, if you find out in, in biblical times, they had these things called wineskins. And, and an old wineskin could not hold new wine because when new wine was poured into a wineskin, it caused the wineskin to expand. Some might say stretch. Can I tell you, if you are going to do what God has called you to do in this season, you're going to have to be willing to stretch a little bit. You're going to have to be willing to stretch a little bit. And so here's the thing that I've found out about wineskins. We as people are only old wineskins when we choose to be. Amen, Pastor. Okay. Listen to me. Don't be an old wineskin in a new move of God in the earth right now. He's doing something special. He's doing something real. And listen, I hope it challenges us, but I also hope it changes us. Because I'm gonna tell you, I still believe the best is yet to come. Come on, somebody. I, listen, I still believe that we can dream new dreams again. I still believe we can have faith and vision for what we can step into until the Lord takes us out of here. Because until then, I wanna put my hands to the plow and advance the kingdom of God in the earth. And so what we're talking about is understanding that this series really is, is, is powerful, but it's an introduction to what God is doing. And you say, well, pastor, you don't understand. I'm too old to dream a new dream. I'm over this thing. It's not my season. Listen to me, please. You are not alive on accident. You're not alive on accident. If you have breath in your body, God still has purpose for you. If you have breath in your body, God still has purpose for you. I love what C.S. Lewis said. He said, you are never too old to set another goal or to dream a new dream. You're never, look to your neighbor and say, you're not old. Come on, tell them. Listen, Sarah was having kids at 90. You better chill out. You're never too old to have a new goal or dream a new dream. Say amen. Come on. Because I'm going to tell you, there is a supernatural shift, church, that's been happening in the body of Christ really over the last decade. But can I tell you, it has been tremendously accelerated this year. It has been tremendously accelerated this year. And I want to go ahead and say it. The Lord is doing it here at AP Church. Why? Because he loves us. But can I tell you, he also loves this city. 
He also loves the city of Cincinnati. He loves this region. And so what does that mean? What are the new things that's happening? Let me tell you. Let me, let me help you understand this morning. There is a remnant rising in the earth right now. There is a remnant rising, church, that God has anointed, hear me, to bring heaven to earth. Come on. There is a remnant of God rising, a remnant of people, the remnant of, of God rising. God has anointed to bring heaven to earth. And listen, he wants to do it right here at 8290 Batavia Pike, Cincinnati, Ohio, 45244. That's our church address, in case you're wondering. He wants to do it right here. And so I want to admonish you, please, today, whether online or in person, raise your faith because there is greater coming in your life. There is greater coming for this house. There is greater for this city and this region in Jesus' name. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. See, you thought because I was sitting, I wasn't going to get fired up. You were wrong. Now, I got to teach a little bit, but I'm excited. So uh, let's talk about something for a minute. How many of you guys know our vision here at AP? It's very simple, to make disciples and make a difference. Come on, say that with me. To make disciples and make a difference. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm a maker. I'm a maker. Come on, tell your neighbor, I'm a maker. To make disciples, we have a maker and God made us makers. We did a whole series called Made to Make, and it was powerful. And if you know our vision, let me tell you about our mission. Our mission here at AP Church is to help every person live your life in 3D, in three specific ways, that you discover your identity in Jesus, you develop your kingdom purpose, and that you can be deployed as a leader into the kingdom of God. And this series, church, is really all about your earthly assignment. Why? Because God has given you purpose. God has given you a purpose. And if you remember, all the way when we started, we started moving and uh, coming back together after that whole time, uh, that, all that fun time of quarantine, we've really talked a lot about our identity in Christ. How many of you guys know our identity in Christ is important? Knowing who we are and knowing whose we are is important. Knowing who we are, knowing whose we are is important. And so we spend a lot of time understanding our identity. How many of you guys know that we're sons and daughters of God in the earth? Come on, we are family. Don't make me sing that song, I will do it. We are family. We are sons and daughters of God. How many of you guys are thankful that God is your Abba Father? He is your Abba Father, but can I tell you, he is not just your father, but he is also your maker. He is also your promised giver and your promised keeper. He is your healer, your provider, your protector. He is your way maker. He's your redeemer. He's your source. He's the restorer of all things. That's who our God is to us. And then we find out that's just the Father. We've, we also have Jesus, who is the Son of God. And who is Jesus? He's our good shepherd. He is our good shepherd. And guess what else? He's not just our good shepherd, but he's our general. He's our savior. He's our Messiah. He is our soon coming king. We're understanding those things. And so what are we finding? Not just about whose we are, but who we are. How many of you guys know we're co-heirs with Jesus in the kingdom of God? Everything the Father has is ours. We find that we sit in heavenly places. We find that we are kings and priests. We're a peculiar people in the earth, that we're filled with purpose and passion and power. And here's the great thing. We're not just sons in the same family. We're soldiers in the same army walking victoriously over the enemy in our lives. That's who we are in the Lord. Is anybody thankful for who you are in God today? Whose you are in the kingdom? But the reality is this, church. The reality is this. 
is we have to understand our identity and our, our identity has to be settled in our hearts and in our mind because once our identity is settled, that's when our purpose starts to shine through. Listen, so many people that say they love Jesus, they wander on this earth for their entire lives because they really don't understand who they are. Because let, let, let me explain something this morning. Let me say it this way. It's only when your identity is solidified that purpose is clarified. It's only when identity is solidified that your purpose begins to, to come and become clear in your life. And the reality is this, is once you really understand who you are and whose you are, that's when you can really embrace what God has you on the earth for. What God has, wants to do in and through your life. And I want to tell you this morning, I believe, church, that in this Cairo season, that God has ordained this remnant, his saints, to step into and begin to fulfill purpose as we make a difference and influence our society, our city, and our region for the kingdom of God. That's what I believe God wants to do. Are you ready to jump in with me this morning? That's just my introduction. Here we go, John 17. John 17, I want us to read this together. John 17, verses 15 through 19. Let, let's context for a minute. This is where Jesus is praying to the Father before he is arrested and crucified here in the earth. So John 17, here's what Jesus prayed, talking to the Father. He said, I'm not asking you, Father, to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. How many of you guys know that the word of God is truth? It doesn't change, it's the word. Just as you sent me, Jesus said, just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so they can be made holy by your truth. There is so much church packed into this text. Well, let's look at what Jesus said. He said, Lord, he said, Father, don't take them out of the world. He said, don't take them out of this world. Why? That means again, you are, you are not in this world right now on accident. Jesus said, Lord, don't take, Father, don't take them out. Listen, some of us think we're, still, we're being punished because we're still here. Listen, you're not being punished that you're still in the earth. Jesus wants you on the earth right now. He wants you in the earth right now. Listen, you were made to spend some time on this earth. You were made to spend some time on this earth. But notice, then he says, Father, keep them safe because just like we have a real God, we have a real enemy. And so he said, keep them safe from the evil one. And then he said, Lord, he said, Father, make them holy. Lord, let them be set apart from sin and set apart unto you. Anybody thankful that we can be holy in the sight of the Lord? He makes us holy. But this is the part that we wanna dig into this morning. Then Jesus prays this. He says, just as you, Father, sent me into this world, I am sending them into the world. I am sending them into the world. Church, this is huge. Because Jesus didn't say, he said, Father, I'm sending them into a church building to hide till I come back. He didn't say that, did he? Listen, he didn't say that, and there's probably some good folk we need to remind them of that also. Jesus didn't say, I'm sending them into a, into a church building to be safe until I return. He said, I'm sending them into the world. He said, I'm sending them, just as you, Father, sent me. I'm sending, see this, church. He said, I'm sending them into the world to shine and not hide. I'm sending them into the world to shine and not, can I go ahead and tell you, Jesus did not send you into this world for you to survive. He sent you here to thrive. 
And here's, we're, listen, I, I'm going deep today. And, and here, online or in person, I love you and I'm on assignment. I've got to say it the way I've got to say it. Stay with me. But listen to me. What's wrong with so many church folks is that they've only been taught how to survive in this world. When the anointing on our lives is not just to make it till we get somewhere, but it's to thrive right here for the kingdom of God. Anybody believe that? You're not, just, you're not just supposed to make it. You're supposed to do something of significance because Jesus said, I'm sending you into the world to not hide, but to shine for the kingdom. And so we see that Jesus says, he says, I'm sending you into the world. And, and so understand something. I love how he prayed it. He said, Father, just as you sent me, I'm sending them. Now think about that. He said, Father, just like you sent me, I'm sending them. How many of you guys know that the Father sent Jesus to the earth with an assignment? He didn't send him here to hang out. He sent him here with an assignment. And he sent him with an assignment, and specifically this, I, I, I broke it down this way. I think the Father sent Jesus with an eternal and earthly assignment. With an eternal and an earthly assignment. What was Jesus' eternal assignment? It was to become the Passover lamb that took away the sin of the world. Jesus had an eternal assignment to die on the cross and let his blood be shed. Why? Because that's what restored right relationship between the Father and humanity. How many of you guys know that's what Jesus did? He had an eternal assignment to become the Lamb of God that would literally put humanity in right standing so we could call him Abba Father. So we could have a relationship with Jesus the right way. And so that was his eternal assignment, but let's go further. He also had an earthly assignment. What was Jesus' earthly assignment? Let me talk about it. You know, Jesus was on this earth to not keep things the way they were, but to bring change. Jesus had an earthly assignment to bring change. Listen, to bring influence, to make a difference, church, by reestablishing the power and the dominion of the kingdom of God in the earth. In other words, what, is Je what was Jesus' earthly assignment? You know what it was? It was to bring heaven to earth. It was to bring heaven to earth. This is why what Jesus prayed is so powerful. He said, Father, just as you have sent me, I am sending them. So that means something. That means just like Jesus had an eternal and earthly assignment, can I tell you, we also have an eternal and an earthly assignment in the earth, you and I, not just, not just apostles and prophets and pastors and evangelists and teachers, but everybody, look at your neighbor and say everybody. Everybody's got an assignment from the Lord. What's our eternal assignment? You know what it is? Matthew 28, make disciples. How many of you guys know if you're making disciples, you're shaping eternity? When you're making disciples of Jesus, you are literally changing eternity for folks because they hear the gospel and their lives are changed. But guess what? Not only their lives change, but their families' lives are changed. Generations are changed when somebody says yes to Jesus. So we have an eternal assignment. But can I tell you, we also have an earthly assignment. Do you know what that earthly assignment is? To make a difference in the world. That's why the vision of our church is from the Lord, to make disciples. That's eternal. But then to make a difference, that's an earthly assignment to make a difference, to bring change to society, to be an influencer everywhere that we go. How many of you guys know that we should be influencing the world, not let the world influence us? Man, I'm gonna tell you what, a lot of people say they know it, but we don't walk it out. We don't walk it out. We're supposed to be influencing society. 
You, God has given you an anointing. What's the anointing of God? The endowment and the endorsement of God for you to do something great in the earth for the kingdom. Look to your neighbor and say, God's got plans. Come on, tell him. Say, God's got plans. God's got plans. So we see that we have an earthly assignment and we are an eternal assignment, but we also have an earthly assignment. Jesus sent us into this world to finish what he started. He gave us the power, listen to me, he gave us the power to bring heaven to earth. Three people believe it, that's good. He gave us the power because he reestablished the kingdom of God in the earth. He gave us the power and the authority How many of you guys know we have authority because of Jesus? He gave us authority to bring heaven to earth. And this is where I want us to let Holy Spirit open our hearts and ears and eyes to the fullness of our purpose, church, because what God has called us and anointed us to do is so much bigger than we thought that it was. And here's the real truth. It's not just bigger than what we thought. It's also bigger than what most of us have been taught. It's big. He didn't put you here on accident. He brought you here on purpose. And because of what he did, he's given you power and authority to influence society and advance the kingdom of God in the earth. See, this is where it's gonna get thick in the series for a little bit. See, here's what's happened. Most of us have lived our Christian lives learning how to go to church but not be the church. Let me say it one more time. So many of us have, our Christian lives, we have learned how to go to church, but we have not learned how to be the church. Haven't learned that. Listen, we've even gotten to a place where we've learned how to build the church, but not advance the kingdom. We've learned how to build churches and fill them with people. And, and, and claim all these amazing statistics and talk about how much money we got in the bank and how many acres we have. But listen, that's not why we're here. We're here to advance the kingdom of God. We're here to advance the kingdom of God. You see, see, God calls us holy because we've been separated from sin and we've been separated unto God. And so many good people, listen to me, stay with me for a minute. So many good people that love Jesus, they have been taught that we should serve in the church, but we should hide from the evil, dark, scary world. Can I get a witness from somebody? Can I tell you, everything that I'm teaching you has been out of personal study and revelation with the Lord the last several years. I didn't grow up in this either. But I'm gonna tell you what I, I, I have committed myself to being, I have committed myself to not being an old wineskin in this season. I have committed myself to saying, Lord, if it's you, I want it. Lord, whatever you're doing right now, I wanna be a part of it. I don't ever wanna be a bottleneck to what you're doing, God, but I wanna, I wanna be able to speak and teach and preach your word, and I wanna link arms with hungry folk that wanna advance the kingdom of God everywhere they go. And so many of us, we love Jesus, but all we were ever taught was how to serve in the church and to hide from the dark, scary world. But can I tell you something? Jesus saved you so you could serve. But he sent you so you could shine in the world. I I need you to chew on that for a minute. You were saved through Jesus to serve, but you have been sent by Jesus to shine. Let that, let, that, let that fill your heart for me. I told you, this is deep. You have been saved through Jesus to serve, but you have been sent by Jesus 
to shine. Listen to me. Let, me. let me unpack it for a minute. If you're a believer and a disciple of Jesus, how many of you guys know that you should consistently be sowing your time and talent and treasure into the church for the kingdom? Listen, if you've been saved, you should be serving in your local church. You should be serving where you're planted. Amen, amen, amen. That's it, that's it. We should be doing that. You say, Pastor, give me Bible. Okay, 1 Peter 4.10. As each one has received a gift, minister to it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Galatians 5.13. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve. Somebody shout serve to serve one another in love. So what does that mean? That we should gladly, with cheerful hearts, be serving in the church that we're a part of. We should gladly, with cheerful hearts. It's not an obligation to give of your time or your talent or treasure. It's a beautiful gift that God has given you to be a blessing. Amen? So we should be serving. But this second part, church, is the part that so many folks have not been taught and we have missed. That we were saved to serve, but we have been sent into the world to shine for the kingdom of God. To shine in the earth for the kingdom of God. Jesus sent us into this world to make a difference in society. He sent us into this world to influence culture with the truth and the principles of heaven. Say, Pastor, give me a Bible. Thank you for asking me. Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. This is Jesus talking. He said, let your light, somebody say light. He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. He said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Can I tell you, this verse only makes sense if your light is shining in the contrast of the darkness of this world. You say, well, Pastor, well, well, Pastor why can't I just, be, just, just come to church and my light's gonna shine? It doesn't work that way. Can I tell you, even scientifically, have you ever turned a flashlight on in the sun? If you've never done it, go home after you leave here. <laughs> Why is that a big deal? Because guess what? The flashlight doesn't shine in the sun. You know what it does? It just blends in. And so many people say, oh, I'm shining for the kingdom because I go to church. Listen, your light can only shine when you get into darkness. Oh my goodness, okay, all right. All right, I'm gonna stay up here. If you're online, we're far enough away. We're good right now. But listen to me. This is what's happened to so many Christians. All we wanna do is shine our light around other light. And all it does is blend in. And really what happens is this to so many Christians. What do we do? We spend our time competing and comparing our light with somebody else's rather than conquering the darkness with the light of Christ that's inside of us. Listen to me, we should not be competing with other churches. We should not be comparing ourselves with other Christians. God gave them light and God gave you light. He didn't say, well, make sure your light is as bright as theirs or you should compare and talk about it and get frustrated. He said, no, take the light of Jesus that's inside of you. Go get into the world where I have sent you and shine your light bright in the darkness. 
And that's the reality of what we have to understand. Yes, God saved us. We got saved through Jesus to serve, but Jesus sent us to shine in the earth for the kingdom of God. Do you believe that? Somebody say amen. And so we see what, what, what Jesus is showing us here. We were saved to serve. And listen, you have been sent to shine in this world. And listen to me, not just in certain places. Listen, you don't just have to be a part of a ministry program of the church to shine your light. Oh, Lord. Okay, all right. Um, you can shine your light when, when you do things <laughs> with the church. But listen to me, you can also shine your light at your job. You can shine your light when you go to Kroger. Come on, somebody. Even if you go to Meyer, we're going to forgive you because you should be. I'm just kidding. There I, go, there I go comparing. But you should be shining your light everywhere because you were sent into the world to shine. Why? Because when people see your light shining, they're going to glorify our Father who is in heaven. And so what happens? That means that we should not just be shining our light in certain places. But we should understand the power and the anointing that we have been given as sons and daughters of God in the earth to shine our light in every part of society that God allows us to be in. We should be shining the light of heaven everywhere that we go. We should be influencing every part and every place of society. And so let me, let's, let's talk about this. This is where I'm gonna teach for a few minutes and today really is a, a spoonful. Next week we're gonna dive even deeper to what we're about to talk about. But let me talk about this for a minute. There are seven areas, somebody say seven. There are seven areas that dictate the formation of every culture on earth. Did you know that? Some of you do, some of you don't, but that's okay, we're learning together. Listen, I didn't know this until I started learning myself. There are seven areas that dictate the formation of every culture on the earth. Now here's what's interesting. They may vary in nature within each culture, but all seven of these influences are on the earth. All seven of these influences are always present. Here's what these seven areas are. They're, they're, they're areas of religion, family, education, government, arts and entertainment, media, and business. There's seven areas. Seven areas that literally dictate and form every culture on the earth. And so these seven areas, listen church, they are places of societal influence. They are places, church, that shape and dictate culture. Hear me, these seven areas shape how cultures and nations think and operate. These seven things shape how cultures and nations think and operate. Think and operate. Now, there are several different names or labels for these seven areas. Some people call them the seven mind molars or the seven pillars or the seven spheres. I like the terminology, the seven mountains of societal influence. The seven mountains of, how many of you guys have ever heard about these before? Anybody ever heard of these? A few folks have, good. But a lot of people haven't. And this is, what I, this is what I'm talking about. So many people have been convinced that the best we can do as a believer in the earth is to just serve in the church. When really there's a whole nother portion of your purpose that God is waiting for you to fulfill, which is to shine in the world for the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody say amen if you believe it. Now, now here's what's cool. These seven mountains, are you ready? These seven mountains are the kingdoms of this world. Say. Did you know that this world had kingdoms? The, 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 you, you know that, right? 
I'm going to show you why. Let's talk about this for a minute. These seven mountains are the kingdoms of this world. Let's go back to Genesis for a minute. When God made humanity, God gave humanity the assignment to do two things. Subdue the earth and have dominion in the earth. How many of you guys know that? Genesis chapter one, go read it. God gave us the assignment as humanity to subdue the earth and have dominion in the earth. Guess what happened when Adam and Eve sinned? We lost that. That's why Jesus had to come. That was part of his earthly assignment. His eternal assignment was to bring restoration between God, between God and humanity. But part of his earthly assignment was to take back the authority that Adam and Eve lost. To take back the dominion that Adam and Eve lost when they did those things. And here's what's interesting. Satan had control of those seven kingdoms until Jesus came and fulfilled his assignment. Satan had control. In fact, if you don't believe me, I'll show you. Matthew chapter four. Matthew chapter four, verses eight and nine. This is when Jesus was being tempted by Satan after 40 days of fasting. Listen, how many of you guys know he was hungry too? Come on, he was man. We fast for three hours. We're like, we're starving. Where's the next meal coming from? We're hungry. That's just me, that's fine. Matthew chapter four, verses eight and nine says again, because this wasn't the first temptation, there were several. says again, the devil took Jesus up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. He was offering Jesus authority of the kingdoms of this world. But Satan and his stupidity had forgotten that Jesus was about to take control of those one more time. See, because what Jesus did, he rebuked Satan and told him to be quiet, which, by the way, we can do the same thing in our lives. How many of you guys know sometimes you need to tell the devil to shut up? <laughs> is, that, that, is, that, is that good theology? Okay, good. <clears throat> but Jesus rebuked Satan, told him to be quiet. But here's the thing. When, when Jesus died and got back up, he took back the dominion that Adam and Eve lost. He took back the authority in the world that Adam and Eve lost for humanity. And guess what happened? He once again allowed us as humanity to have the assignment to subdue the earth and have dominion. So let me say it this way. Did you know that beyond salvation is something called occupation? I'm messing with you, aren't I? That's good. I love love seeing these faces. We can go get some coffee and talk about it more. I love it. Beyond salvation he, you got saved through Jesus, but there's more for you. There's more for you. Did you know the word occupy is a military term? The word occupy means to take hold, to, to take control of. It's an, listen, the only time that there's an, ever it is in a military they want to occupy something is, is it simply for the cause of advancement. We're piecing it together now. Jesus said, I want you to go and occupy these places in the earth so the kingdom of God can be advanced. I want you to take these places and I want you to go and I want you to be an influencer. I want you to make a difference. I want you to bring the the spirit and the systems of heaven into the world in which you live so my kingdom can be advanced in the earth. So we find that, that Jesus, he took that dominion, he gave it back to humanity when he died and got back up. And so occupation is always for the purpose of advancement. So I need you to see something this morning, church. Every believer, not some of us, all of us, every believer is called to at least one of these seven mountains in your life. Did you know that? Every believer 
every disciple of Jesus, you are called to at least one of these seven mountains. Some of us are called to multiple mountains. So look to your neighbor and say, I'm a mountain climber. Come on, tell them. You're called to multiple mountains. You say, okay, why? See it, hear me. Because these kingdoms are in the world and we have been sent by Jesus into the world to bring influence and change to society and culture with the culture of heaven. Is everybody with me? Now here's the good news. This is recorded. You can come back and watch it tomorrow if I'm going too fast. But I want you to see something. All of these places of influence... All of these mountains can be influenced and changed on local, regional, national, and international levels. Some of you say, well, pastor, listen, I don't know if I'll ever be able to, 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 to get to this place or this place. Number one, don't limit God. Because we've done enough of that, haven't we? Listen, the first, the first core value that's of this house is to have big faith. Why? So we can dream big and believe big because we serve a big God who wants to use us to make a difference in the world in which we live. But listen, all of these mountains can start to be influenced and changed on local, on regional, on national and international levels. You say, Pastor, give me an example, okay? Well, here's a really simple one. Let's say you're called into the mountain of government. How many of you guys know the mayor of Cincinnati has some power and influence? Well, does he have as much as the governor of Ohio? Not even close. Does the governor have as much power as the president of the United States? Does the president of the United States have as much power as the United Nations? Some of these things, do you understand, you see the international understanding. Do you see this? Local, regional, national, international. You are called to do special and supernatural things in the kingdom of God, or for the kingdom of God, in the earth. You. Not somebody else, you. Somebody say me. Look to your neighbor and say you. You, me and you, we are called to do these things in the earth for the kingdom. All of these places, but I know someone's saying, no, pastor, we're just supposed to make disciples of people. Yes, we are supposed to make disciples, but did you know it's bigger than that? Mark chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus said to them, go into all the what? world and preach the gospel to every creature. Matthew 28 verses 18 and 19. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Not just of all people, of all the nations of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So see this, how can we go into all the world and make disciples of nations? How can we make disciples of nations? How can we reach national harvest for the kingdom of God? By going into places of societal influence that shape those nations and preach the gospel. And if we have to, we'll use words. By going into all of these places of societal influence and preaching the gospel that shapes those nations so they can understand. You say, Pastor, has God ever done this before? Listen, God has done it in generation after generation. If you don't believe me, open up the Bible. Let's go read about Joseph. Let's go read about Daniel. 
Let's go read about David and Esther. Let's go read about the apostles in the New Testament. I'll give you one example about the apostle Paul. He was being converted. He had encountered Jesus after he was killing Christians. And then the Bible tells this man, Ananias, to go down and lay hands on Paul so Paul, the scales can fall from Paul's eyes and he can be filled with the Holy Spirit. And here's what, here's what he said. The Lord said to Ananias, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. Everybody thinks about the Gentiles and the Jews, but they forget about the kings. You wanna know why they forget about the kings? Because guess what? These, these seven places of societal influence, these are the kingdoms of this world. And can I tell you, right now, there are modern-day kings that sit on every one of those places. There are modern-day kings that sit on every one of those places of societal influence in nations. And guess what? Just like Paul, we are not just called to do small things. We're called to do great things. Man, if you believe that over yourself, somebody say Amen. You're called to do great things. He said, he said, this man is called to the Gentiles, to the kings, to the nation of Israel. And so we see something. These modern day kings, they sit at the top of these mountains of influence. And we as the people of God are called to go and influence in every sphere on all of those levels. Why? So the kingdom of God can be advanced. So we can reach the nations with the gospel of Jesus. Can I just ask a question? How many of you guys, uh, think about it for a minute, imagine how many more people in a nation could hear and receive the gospel if the, if the places of societal influence were not only God-given, but they were God-centered. Have you thought about that? Imagine, imagine if revival broke out in the government of China. Where, where, where missionaries are, are killed on a consistent basis for bringing up the name of Jesus. What could happen in a communist nation if the government got saved? How's that gonna happen? It's when the people of God understand we were not just called to serve, but we have been sent to shine. We have been sent to make a difference in the culture in which we live. If you believe it, say Amen. We have, been, we have been called to shine in the world. And here's what's, here's, somebody's saying, Pastor, we can't do that. Listen to me. Oh, yes, we can. Oh, yes, we can. Did you know there was a time even in America that the people of God had influence and were occupying seats of influence in all seven of these areas in the United States of America? There was a time. It's not right now. You can turn on the news and find that out. It's not right now. But listen, there was a time, church, that the people of God, they were walking in these places of influence all the time. But what happened? How many of you guys know we're in a war? We have a real God that has sent us, but we have a real enemy trying to stop us. So what's happened? What's happened to the church? There was a time that happened. The church got so focused on building the church they forgot about advancing the kingdom. They got so focused on building the church, they forgot about advancing the kingdom. At some point along the way in the course of time, the church, the ecclesia, bought into a lie that we as the people of God can only do certain things in certain ways and stay in certain places because we're separate. How many of you guys know this is true? 
And what did we label it? We labeled it holiness. Well, I can't go there. That's where the world is. That's where we're supposed to be. I can't, I can't, I can't go here. I can't, I can't do this. Listen, we made so many man-made rules about holiness that we stopped being influential in the world in which we're supposed to live and make a difference. And all of a sudden, the church that, that, that was supposed to be influential in society, we find ourselves along the way. We became so separated from the world, we forgot that we were also sent. Let me say it this way. We got so focused on gathering that we, were for, we forgot about the going. We got so focused on making sure we got to church that we forgot that we had to go into the world and preach the gospel. That we were supposed to go and influence in spheres of government and education. Do you remember when they used to, they used to pray before school started? And they put the Ten Commandments on the wall and they would do those things. You don't find that in education. Why? Because the church forgot who they were and the world stepped in. Because there's a war. What does Ephesians 6, 12 say? It says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the who? Against the rulers. Kings of darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And all of a sudden, somehow the church said, all we have access to is this small portion of society and humanity. And our greatest hopes is that somehow in some way, people can find God through the building that we own and through the ministry programs that we offer. Does anybody see how the devil's at work? Can anybody see clearly how there's more for the church to accomplish? There's more purpose for the sons and daughters of God in the earth. But guess what? We've got to be willing to say, Lord, it's not just somebody else. You've called me. You've called me. God, I'll stand up and I'll go into the world. God, I'll let you equip me with purpose and passion and power. And I'll go. And Lord, I'll still serve, but God, I'm ready to shine for the kingdom. I'm ready to shine for the kingdom of God. We're in a war against Satan. Listen, how many of you guys know he can't stop salvation? Jesus already secured that. But what does he try to stop? He tries to stop Christians infiltrating and occupying places of societal influence. He tries to stop infiltration and occupation. But I've got good news, church, and I'm almost done. I need the worship team to come. God is awakening the saints right now to arise and go into the world again. Hear me. God is awakening the saints to arise and go into the world again. To go into these places of influence within culture and society to make disciples and make a difference. God is calling the sons and daughters once again to say, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to serve in the church. But Lord, I'm ready to go into the world and shine for the kingdom. I'm ready to go into the world and shine for the kingdom. Can I tell you right now, if you'll let him, God will awaken dreams inside of you again. Dreams that you have suppressed because you thought they could not happen. Why? Because the systems of this world told you that you were unqualified. Honey, listen to me. God calls anyone and he will qualify anyone. If you will submit yourself to him, he will use you for the glory of the name of Jesus in the earth. Please hear me. God wants to awaken dreams and desires in you again. 
God wants to awaken the destiny inside of you. Listen, God is releasing fresh desires. How many of you guys would like for God to give you something fresh in this season to accomplish for him? You want God to release a fresh dream or desire. Pastor, I'm retired, but you're not expired? God wants to do it. Well, Pastor Derek, it's because you're in your 30s and, and, you got, and you got energy. No, it's because I understand that God has called us to live with big faith. God has called, God has called us into the world to make a difference, to be an influencer, to bring change, to bring heaven to earth just like Jesus did. It's on our back wall to finish what Jesus started. Come on, stand your feet all over the room. I feel the Lord, man. Say, Pastor, how do you know that God is doing this? If you look around and pay attention, God's raising up Joshua's right now to go and possess. Listen to me. God is raising up, raising up Caleb's who will say, God, give me my mountain. God's raising up Esther's. God's raising up Daniel's. God's raising up Joseph's in this season to make a difference in the world for the kingdom. My question is, are you ready to step into something like that? Because I'm telling you, I know that God is birthing that within this house. He wants to equip everyday people to have supernatural impact in the earth for the kingdom of God. That's what he desires, church. Can I, can I show you from the word really quick? Can I tell you what God desires in these last days? Isaiah chapter two, verse two. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains. Do you, do you see the prophetic picture there? That the kingdom of God would sit on top of the kingdoms of this world and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. Man, there is so much more for you than you were taught. There is so much more for you in this season than you even imagine. Why? Because you haven't just been saved to serve, but you've been sent to shine. Because I'm gonna tell you, next week we're gonna look at all these mountains of societal influence. And I'm telling you right now, you are going to hear and, and understand and the Lord is gonna begin to prick your heart where he's called you. And as, as God is my witness, as the head of this house, we're gonna do everything we can to equip you so you can go and do great things for the kingdom of God. To equip you so you can shine in the world to advance God's kingdom. Who, who, who's ready to go further than you've ever gone? Thank you.